0: Take your copy of God's Word this morning, if you will, and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, as we talk about Jesus being the healer this morning. And I know some of you are probably uh, frantically trying to fill out your deacon nomination forms. This is not the time. (laughs) We're going to look at God's Word together. You don't have to fill it out. You, You can get in in just a few moments, and don't let me... I I want to make sure I say this. Those of you in the gathering, I can see you, all right? (laughs) Gray Hip, I know you're there. Zach Williams, Doc Heffler, Mike Walpole, the Moats, I see you. Yeah, you wonder how I can do it. I know you're there, and I can see if you're filling your deacon nomination form out, all right? So I'll call you out if you do that today. So you don't want to do that. We're going to look at that at the end of the service. But hey... What a great opportunity for us to stop and reflect and for us to think just for a moment how Jesus himself is the one who comes to us and demonstrates his compassion for us, those of us who have faced sickness and illness and disease, and to know that our God, our Jesus, has the power over all those things. Well, look at this. I've already let it out, right? That Jesus has the authority over all sickness. I want you to see that here in this passage As we look in Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8, we're gonna focus on verse 14 through verse 17, but I am obviously gonna put it in context of this whole chapter, at least the previous verses of this chapter. Here, Matthew tells us that when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and served him. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. You know, Jesus had been teaching and oh, how he was the teacher. And he taught with authority. And of course, Matthew chapter 5 through verse 7, he had been there giving them this long discourse, something that we call the Sermon on the Mount. He was there teaching them and sharing with them what the kingdom looks like and what proper characteristics of the disciples were. He, he spoke about all those things. But this is what I get from that. At the end of chapter 7, He has taught, he has shared the kingdom truths, and then he comes down the mountain, the first verse of chapter 8 says, and he begins to encounter all the multitude, all the crowds, all the people. You know, when I was reading through that this week, I thought to myself, you know, I love to preach and teach. I don't know if you know that, but I love it. I love the opportunity. I mean, do you know how blessed I am that somebody will listen I mean, I am so grateful that people will show up to church. I am, because I know what God's called me to do, and I enjoy doing it. I love to be able to teach and preach. This week, I've been working through various scriptures. I've had to kind of remove myself a little bit so that I could kind of have a little more time to, to work through certain scriptures, even studies that I have coming up this week. And I love doing that. And I am reinvigorated by God's Word And to be able to stand and teach and preach it. But I also know there are moments where I have to walk out of the pulpit and I get to see people right where they are. And I get to sense what's going on in their lives. Even maybe this morning when I walk down from here or maybe into the halls, there will be people who will stop me and begin sharing about things that are going on in their lives. So here's Jesus in a similar way. And I'm not saying that I'm on par with Jesus. Obviously, I'm just saying I can relate a little bit to what Jesus has done. He's taught. He's spoken about the kingdom. And now he's come down from the mountain, and all the people are gathering around. And they're sharing with him what's going on in their lives. And obviously, according to chapter 8, there are those who are struggling with their health. They're struggling physically. They come to Jesus for some type of touch, some type of compassion, some type of transformation in their lives. I want to say this to you this morning. As we think about who we are in our lives, I think all of us could admit that we live in a sick world. And what I mean by that is not just morally sick. We, we'll talk about that maybe in a few moments. But I'm talking about even when you look at people around you and you see the issues that people are facing, we live in a world that's rattled by sickness and illness and disease. We see it all around us. And what I see in Matthew chapter 8 is that sickness can come in all kinds of different forms. and come in all kinds of different forms. Actually, when Jesus comes down from the mount, after he's given this sermon, he comes down and he first encounters a leopard, a skin disease that this individual has. Perhaps, we're not sure, but maybe the modern-day Hansen's disease that this person has and has been carrying with him. Then, when you look through chapter 8, you'll see that a centurion will will send for Jesus. Uh, He'll have a servant who is a paralytic, and he'll ask Jesus to come and to heal him. So you have a leper, and then you have a paralytic. And here in this passage, when Jesus comes to Peter's house, he sees Peter's mother-in-law there, and she has this fever. Literally what it means is a burning fire, this burning fever within her. And then verse 16 that we read a moment ago, a summary statement of how Jesus was active in people's lives said that he healed all kinds of sickness. That is because sickness comes in all kinds of different forms, right? There are all kinds of sicknesses and illnesses and diseases that we see today. As I was going back over this message yesterday afternoon, it seemed like all of a sudden, boom, 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 my phone started lighting up. First, I was told about an individual whose heart was having trouble and they were going to have to do a pacemaker this week The next message which came in just a few seconds later seemed like was about an individual who uh, Had some orthopedic issues and actually had suffered they believe a concussion possibly some brain trauma the next one that came through was about an individual who had meningitis of the brain, perhaps, and they were concerned. The next one, it seemed like boom, boom, boom. I had had all day long, and then all of a sudden, these all came in within just a few seconds or minutes of each other. I looked at Leslie, and I said, things are falling apart. Look at this. I mean, it's like one thing after another. But that's what we see in our lives, that's what Jesus saw. Jesus lived in a sick world. Not much has changed in those 2,000 years, except, as we'll look at in a moment, the authority of Jesus that continues to work in our lives, and maybe in a different way. But sickness and diseases, they somehow abound all around us. Sickness comes in all different forms. We see that in chapter 8. It doesn't matter if it's leprosy Or it's about that one which is paralyzed or that one which has a burning fever it comes in all kinds of different forms and we see it today but it also carries with it sickness carries with it all kinds of different consequences you know most of the time we think about the physical consequences of sickness and illness and they are the most apparent those physical issues that come with disease and illness but I want you to think also about all the other things that play into this sickness. For the leper in particular, how he was socially alienated from everybody. How he was like an outcast. How he was pushed away from society and he lived in the margins. Think about that a moment. How that affected people. And we know that while we don't have the same type of cultural uh, Practices We don't have the same type of customs today. When people are sick, a lot of times they are socially removed just because of the physical issues they have. And think about that difficulty and think about that pain that they have. I know there are people today. There are people today that would love to be here with us to worship. But because of physical issues, they cannot be. And there's the difficulty of that. This week, uh, obviously, we got to visit with Fred Benefield after his procedure, and we got to talk with him a little bit. I think it was Thursday morning, he told me, he said, hey, I think I've got the final prayer coming up in church. I don't know if it's this Sunday or next Sunday, but I'm not going to make it. (laughs) Now, Ivan and I told him he could FaceTime it (laughs) from the ICU or CCU room, and we would be be very good with that and all. And of course, uh, Ivan made him laugh and he hurt and all that, which, you know, that's Ivan. He shouldn't have done that kind of stuff. But anyway, but he was, even in that, you know, there was a sense of, Hey, I'd like to be there." there. There are people when we think about sickness and illness, and it comes in all kinds of different forms. We've also got to know it. It brings all kinds of different consequences. It's not just the physical. It's just not that you're feeling bad. It's not just that you're going through the aches and pains or whatever else is that sometimes you are socially removed. The leper was socially removed. He couldn't, he couldn't participate in the community of faith. Later on, obviously, the paralytic was not able to go and have the mobility that he had wished even Peter's mother-in-law There's the social implications, but there are also the mental and emotional implications, the distress. You know that, that if you've been affected physically and you've been affected maybe socially that you can't interact with people like you once did, it also impacts you mentally and emotionally. It can even cause depression. It can cause us to suffer from all kinds of issues mentally and emotionally in our lives. And this is what I see in this passage too. Is that sickness comes in all kinds of forms and it affects people in all kinds of ways as far as bringing consequences. But sickness affects all kinds of people. What I mean by that is Sickness can come upon anybody no matter who or what you look like or what's going on in your life, right? Think of this. In this passage we're shown that Jew and Gentile face sickness. The leper, Peter's mother-in-law that we identify from a Jewish background, the centurion who sends for help for the paralytic, a Gentile. It doesn't matter which household you live in, Jew or Gentile, Matthew says, sickness will come to you. Disease will affect people's hearts and lives. It doesn't matter who you are. It affects both men and women, right? Here you have two guys and one lady. It affects both. Gender is not Gender is not somehow exclusive. It is not somehow removed from sickness. It affects us all. Hey, sickness can even affect people that have tried to keep their body pretty, pretty clean and uh, and uh, pretty in shape. Right? There are those of us that are athletes. And we know that we're hoping to escape some kind of issue of sickness or disease, but you know what? It comes even to the athlete. You laugh a little bit. I tell some of the guys that I went to school with. I've been in ministry long enough now, like to see like the athletes, like when they're getting older. It's like some of those athletes like they have bad hips and bad knees and bad backs. You see, they ran. So athletes ran around around me like when I was in high school. But I told them, just wait, because when they get to 70, I'm going to run around them, because I don't have all those aches. (laughs) Just wait. It comes around. It comes around. Sickness affects all kinds of people. It affects people you don't know, and it affects people you do know. The leper, I mean, wasn't one of Jesus' close associates. The centurion servant? No. Peter's mother-in-law? Somebody he loved? I believe he did. I actually believe as he set up his, or set up his headquarters there in Capernaum for some 18 months or so, that he probably stayed at Peter's house. If you travel over to Capernaum today, you will find the archaeological dig where they think Peter's house was. Later on, it was like a church. It was venerated. Of course, today there's this octagonal church that is built above it. But I believe that Jesus probably stayed with Peter. He knew Peter's mother-in-law. He probably loved her more than Peter did, right? But he knew her. He was close to her. Friend, family. And it affected. Sickness affected People he did not know and people he didn't know. Again, bring it home for us just a little bit, right? Sickness can hit people that we don't know. We'll hear this litany of names sometimes on Wednesday night or wherever. And sometimes we'll not know those people. But we'll know that they're going through difficulty. But then it's when we get the call from one of our parents... Or from one of our children or one of our friends and we're reminded that it doesn't just affect people out there it affects people right here because sickness affects all kinds of people it comes in all types of forms it comes in all, with all types of consequences it comes to all kinds of people I don't want you to hear this We live in a sick world because we live in a sinful world. Now, I want to make sure that I am communicating as clearly as possible this morning. I am not saying that every sickness that comes into your heart, into your life, into your family is because of a direct personal sin on your account. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying to you that the reason you have sickness is because... Of a specific sin that you have done. It's not what I'm saying. The early Jewish leaders, they felt like if sin came into your life, that meant you were out of favor with God and obviously you had done something. Jesus confronted that wrong attitude in John 9 when the question came up about the man who had been blind since his birth did he sin? Did his parents sin? And Jesus rebuffed that wrong theology. He pushed back at it. So I want you to hear that I'm not saying that sickness and pain come because of a personal sin, that it's somehow uh, somehow correlated to one specific sin in your life. That's not what I'm saying. Now I will say that one personal sin can lead to some bad things in our lives. It can. I agree with that, right? If I eat too many lemon ice box pies, it can cause problems in my life. If I mistreat my body, it can... But all of our sickness does not come because of that personal... But but sickness does exist because of sin. What do I mean by that? When sin entered into the world... When, when Adam made the decision to rebel against the God who had loved him, the God who had had fellowship with him, when Adam sinned, it brought with it all kinds of consequences. And unfortunately, because this world took on different shape and different form, that it was literally fallen and under the curse, because of that, sickness and pain came so what I'm saying to you we suffer sickness and we suffer disease and we suffer all these things because of the common lot of sin and how it's impacted all of our lives man it's amazing what sin can do isn't it and how it has wreaked havoc upon our world see Adam, he, he, uh, he never would have experienced disease outside of the sin that occurred. He would have known paradise, and he did know paradise. There, listen, there wasn't any mention of cancer in the Garden of Eden. There wasn't any kind of ache or pain. There wasn't any type of orthopedic surgery that had to be done. But when sin came, it wreaked havoc upon this earth. Unfortunately, it changed nature itself. Thorns, thistles. Go back and look at the scripture of how creation itself was marred by sin. Unfortunately, and I just want to say this, unfortunately, because of sin and what it did to this world it even opened up things like natural disasters like hurricane michael you never would have known or never would have heard of michael in the garden of eden but see what sin has done see it ha- how it has somehow devastated all of creation and how it plays upon our own bodies when Jesus and we're going to look at this in a moment when Jesus brings healing in these individuals lives it's almost like he's restoring a little bit of creation it's like he's reversing the curse it's like he's saying just for a few moments i want you to see what it's going to what it was like and what it's going to be like just for a few moments when he brings healing so some of you come this morning you say wow I got up out of bed I came through what was kind of like a dreary morning when I wished I would have just slept in and you're going to tell me about all the forms of sickness and all the people of sickness and you're going to tell me all about those things you're going to tell me we live in a sick world Reggie can't you just give us a little bit more I'm proud you ask Because I paint the picture of sickness and disease and illness, and how it affects so many people and comes in so many different forms and has consequences. But I set that picture for you because I want you to see, in such a sick world, it is Jesus who can speak a word of healing. It is in a world that has fallen. A world that is devastated, that Jesus can somehow come and mend the broken and heal those who are diseased and incapacitated. It is Jesus who has that authority. That's what you see in this passage. And I want you to hear very clearly that Jesus can heal any sickness he wants, <laughs> Jesus can heal any sickness that he wishes. Jesus has authority over all sickness. What you see in this passage is that Jesus had the power over leprosy. He had power over that which had caused paralysis. He had power over burning fever. He had power, in verse 16 again, over all sicknesses. Jesus has the authority over all. And and what's awesome is that when you look at verse 15, it says that he touched her hand and the fever left her. Again, when I was working on my study, I, I got in. Poor Leslie has learned more about the Greek verb this week than she ever wanted to know. I'm just going to be honest with you. You better pray for her, okay? She's up to here with Greek words and all that kind of stuff because I've been working through all kinds of different passages. But, but I get excited. I, I'll say, hey, come here, baby. Let me tell you about this verb. It's a weird relationship that we have, I guess. <laughs> That word means that it was a decisive act. Like if you get into the tense of that verb, it means means that it decisively left her. Um, The the same word is used of Jesus, like in John chapter 4, to say that he left Jerusalem or Judea and he went to Galilee. In other words, he made a decisive decision to go. So here, Jesus speaks to that fever or touches touches this mother-in-law and when he does, that fever has to be removed. It has to leave. It has to go to another country. It has to go to another place, another area. It cannot stay where the touch of Jesus is. And let me say, our Jesus still has that power today. He still has the authority over all disease and all sickness. I don't want you to miss that. I I know sometimes we watch TV and we see all of these hucksters that are there. They're trying to go ahead and make some money on people and do all kinds of things. And we get turned off by it. But I want you to know that Jesus is more than that. Jesus is the authority over all disease and all sickness. And you and I have to believe it. Let me tell you, when you stand in a room, just as I did this week, and they tell the person that's about to go through surgery that they only have about 40% or 40% chance of dying, you've got to believe that your Jesus, that your Lord has power to work through that surgery and to bring healing and to bring that person to life. Our Jesus had authority when he was walking here on this earth, but he has authority today. And he can heal in any way he wishes. He touched the leper. Oh, touching the unclean. He can touch the leper. He can speak on behalf of the centurion servant. Oh yeah, remember he says, tell the centurion that I'm coming. And the message is received by him or to him. As the Gospel of Luke tells us, and the centurion says, No, no, I, I'm, a, I'm a commander. I, I know. I know how this works. Jesus, you don't even have to come to my house. I know that will, again, make you unclean coming to a Gentile house, but you don't even have to come to my house. All you got to do is speak the word, and just like I speak the word, if people have to listen to me, you speak the word, and that sickness, that paralysis, has to listen to you. <laughs> Jesus did not even have to be physically present to bring healing. Jesus is not necessarily physically present. I know in spirit He's with us. I know the Holy Spirit is with us. I know all of that. But physically He is not here with us, but He still has the same power to speak a word over us and to bring healing. He did not have to be physically present in the New Testament. He does not have to be physically present with us today he touched Peter's mother-in-law. Verse 16, when evening had come, I think that was uh, the Sabbath was finally over according to what the other Gospel writers tell us. And that's the reason they began to bring all kinds of people to him. Those who were demon-possessed, they were struggling with demonic oppression. And, they, and he cast out the spirits with a word. In other words he just spoke. Again, whether it was touch or whether it was speaking, whatever way, it didn't matter. Jesus could bring healing. See, I believe that Jesus can still use any way today. Any way. He can speak, and in that moment, there could be healing. He could. See, I, I believe in the sovereignty of God so much, though. I believe also that he can use those in the medical field. Some people would say, oh, you don't have enough faith. No, no, no. i got all the faith in the world. My God can do it, and he can choose any way he wants to do it. He may use doctors or nurses. He may use individuals. He may use medicine. He may use all kinds of things to bring healing. Verse 16, I told you that verb tense. It means that he decisively healed them. There was no question about it. It was instantaneous. It happened. It occurred. Jesus can heal any way he wishes. He can heal any person he wishes the leper was an outcast. The centurion's servant because he was a gentile was an outcast. Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. Now I'm not about to say women are outcast. But unfortunately in the New Testament time, women were at least second-class citizens. But with Jesus, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if you were a leper. It didn't matter if you were a paralytic. It didn't matter if you were this woman with a fever, burning fever. Jesus could bring healing. Now, I will say this. Jesus brings healing at any time He wishes. Back in the first story in there in chapter 8, when the leper comes, the leper says, If you will. In other words, I know you got the power. I hear all these people say, Oh, if you got enough faith, you'll be healed just like this. Faith is saying, God, I know that you can heal me, but I submit myself to your will and your sovereignty in my life. That's, That's real faith. That's what you choose, God. Heal me. And God will heal us at any time that He wishes. And thanks be to Him that He is gracious to us. And He shows us His healing. He there there's so many stories. I wished. I wish we had just a few more moments this morning where you could just stand. Some of you, some of you could say, Let me let me tell you what the Lord has done. We need more of those, what the Lord has done, stories and testimonies. But the reason Jesus can heal any sickness, any time, in any way, the reason Jesus can heal any person is because Jesus ultimately can heal any sin that He wishes I said to you that one of the reasons sickness and disease exist is because of the collective nature of sin and what it's done in our hearts and lives. But Matthew reminds us that Jesus, the suffering servant of Isaiah 53, that he is the one who brings true healing, not just physical but also spiritual Matthew says in verse 17, not surprised that he quotes an Old Testament scripture here. Why? Because Matthew is addressing mostly a Jewish background of folks here. And he says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He himself emphatic. That it was him. It wasn't the nation of Israel. See, sometimes when you read through Isaiah 53, and you'll you'll say, How in the world could those from a Jewish background miss Jesus as the Messiah? Because what they would do is they would say, Isaiah 53 is about Israel, the suffering servant, collective as a nation. But what Matthew is saying here, it's not about the collective nation Israel, it is about Jesus, the true Son of God. He said, He himself took. Oh yeah, I told you about the verbs. He decisively took. There was no mistake. He decisively took our infirmities. I went and looked that word up. It is the idea of obviously being ill or incapacitated. And it says that he took those and that he bore our Sicknesses. The word bore means to carry something that is relatively heavy and even burdensome. That he bore those things. Get this Jesus is taking your load, he can bear those things for you. Not just sickness. Not just physical sickness, but also spiritual sickness. Because 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24, the Apostle Peter gives us the next verse, or a portion of the next verse of Isaiah 53. And he says, by his wounds we are healed. Peter's not talking just about physical. He's talking about Spiritual. Spiritual healing. I believe because of Jesus' authority over disease and sickness, because Jesus is the healer, I believe because Jesus is able to overcome sickness and sin, that one day there is an ultimate healing. I believe if our Lord chooses not to heal us on this earth in the way we think we should be, then for the believer, for that one which has trusted the Lord, given themselves to Him, that there will be a healing that will take place one day. There have been many moments where I've stood here on other platforms and other churches with a casket right before me. And I've had to address questions from the family. Just last week when my kids rode in the funeral procession with me. Aren't you proud you weren't a preacher's kid? But when they rode in the funeral procession my two littles, they would ask me things about death and about sickness. And I told them then that one of these days all of our bodies will wear out. They will. If Jesus delays His return, all of our bodies will wear out. But thanks be to God there is something better than this place. Our spirit instantaneously goes to be with the Lord, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. But even one day, when Jesus returns, when He breaks that eastern sky, guess what's going to happen? The dead in Christ will rise. And all of a sudden, those bodies that had been rattled by sickness and disease and by sin and by all that it does, somehow all of a sudden... Those bodies once again will live, and those bodies will be glorified, and our bodies will look like Jesus Himself. And that will be a moment of healing because Jesus is the healer. My friends, no more cancer. No more Alzheimer's, no more Parkinson's, no more heart disease, no more of any of this stuff that we live in in this world. All of those things will be removed by the mighty power of the greatest healer, the one who rules this universe, Jesus Christ himself. And because of that, we have hope, we have faith, we trust him every day because he gives us what we need to get through the moments that we face. don't miss it. He is the healer. For some of you in this place today who are physically troubled, for some of you in this place who have family members that are going through disease and sickness and all kinds of things, don't you forget the authority of Jesus. Don't forget that Jesus is there. Don't forget that Jesus has an ultimate plan to bring you to healing itself. Because there is no other like him. He is the son of God who is risen with healing in his wings. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus to remind us that you have all authority over disease and sickness here on this planet. Thank you for sending Jesus to reverse the effects of sin and the consequences. Thank you for sending Jesus so that he could overcome death, hell, and the grave, and ultimately overcome everything that sin had done, what it had inflicted upon us. And Father, how we thank you that one day when your son comes, That the bodies which were worn out, the bodies which were rattled with disease, (laughs) they will stand once again. And they will stand in life and power because of who you are and what you've done for us. God, encourage those who are sick. Save those who are lost. And help us to look to you and your son. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.